patients. And I think that's what Bundle does. It does give patients the option to really make a better informed decision. Um, because, you know, when you, like myself, I was a fertility patient. I experienced an awful lot of failure and miscarriage. And I think the next thing you think after that devastating feeling is, what is this, what is this going to look like financially in this next component? And when you've got something like Bundle, it's really giving you that peace of mind and that assurance that you've given yourself that next chance in this, you know, daunting journey. Decreasing patient dropout. That's a good thing to do because it makes life better for your patients. They have better access to care, makes life better for you because it helps your bottom line and practices are hemorrhaging patients after a failed cycle. Most people aren't measuring their dropout. It's hard to measure. So we talk about a way that you can decrease your patient dropout rate, have a hundred percent patient retention after a failed IVF cycle. You can increase access to care by scaling the pool of uninsured patients in a way that a localized practice or a single group or a smaller organization can't do, improving patient satisfaction so that they're not hammered with each little nickel and dime bill, a $150 bill here, a $300 bill here, a $225 bill here, which is someone that helps with online reputation, I can tell you it could be a quarter of negative fertility clinic reviews that are just about that, are just about getting unexpected bills. How you can increase IVF conversion. Remember, increasing IVF conversion is not the same as decreasing patient dropout, which is retention. You have to retain the patients in order to be able to convert them to treatment, in order to bring them back to treatment if further treatment is necessary. But we talk about increasing conversion to IVF for those patients for whom IVF is necessary with a system that nurtures them and helps patients along the way. This is all in the conversation that I have with Cheryl Campbell, who runs Bundle, which is a product of the Inception family of brands. You remember TJ Farnsworth. We've had him on the show before. TJ is back on with us today. He's the CEO of Inception. And today we talk about these challenges. We talk about how Bundle faces them in the marketplace and this is a sponsored episode, but I look at it like, where's the where's the reason not to try? You tell me if you if you figure one out. But pay attention to these different points and ways that you can incorporate them into your practice, and let me know what you think. Enjoy this episode with T.J. Farnsworth and Cheryl Campbell. Today's episode is a feature sponsor episode with paid sponsor content. Ms. Campbell, Cheryl, welcome to Inside Reproductive Health, Mr. Farnsworth. TJ, welcome back to Inside Reproductive Health. Thank you, Griffin. Excited to be back and talking to you again. I'm excited to have both of you on the show. We're talking about something different than you and I talked about last time, TJ, which is now we're talking about, I want to talk about financing in the practice. I want to talk about where practices and patients get stuck. And I want to invite Cheryl to speak on some of those points a bit, but I'm curious from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I see a lot of entrepreneurs in different industries and verticals acquire or build companies in adjacent verticals that make sense. And so for you, what was it about the financial piece that you thought this is something that's missing in the marketplace that, yeah, we want to bring it to others, but we also, we just need it for ourselves. Yeah, I think when, you know, this was always sort of part of the plan when we were originally mapping out, you know, the you know, inception and its and its family of brands and family of companies. Yeah, and it all goes back to the sort of part of the original mission when Margaret, my wife, and I were talking about starting this business. In our journey, in our experience, one of the things that was incredibly troubling to me, and I know it is for, for Cheryl and, uh, and really all of us, I think, within this industry, is the access to care question. And... You know, it shouldn't be the patients who uh, don't have appropriate insurance coverage uh, have to be as fortunate as I am and, and uh, in order to have the family of their dreams. And so, you know, we're constantly thinking about ways in which we can improve access to care. And we would love to see universal coverage uh, by insurers. That would be uh, that's a dream of all, I think all of ours. And I think 
that's ultimately where we want to go, but that's going to be evolutionary. That's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen overnight. And we have to have a solution for those patients um, who you know, do have to come out of pocket for this. And I think, you know, uh, you know what we were trying to think of is, is what can we do that gives patients peace of mind as they make the, the, the financial leap necessary along with the clinical leap to move forward with their, their treatment and, uh, and, and can reduce that and eliminate that barrier uh, to them having the family that they want. And I, I think, you know, uh, original idea behind Bundle was, was giving that level of, of comfort and flexibility to those patients that give, give them the ability to kind of say to themselves, okay, uh, I, I have an option here. Yes, this is expensive, but uh, I've got somebody here who's willing to share the risk with me with regards to the success of my fertility journey. And if I'm not successful, um, you know, maybe I can, I can absorb, I, I can um, stomach that a little bit better uh, knowing that it didn't necessarily have the same level of financial burden to me that it would have had otherwise. So what was it that was missing in the marketplace though? Why were lenders and other financial channels just insufficient? Yeah. So, you know, we weren't really trying to solve the problem of being a lender. Uh, it's really trying to solve the problem of the risk of maybe being unsuccessful. And so we work with a number of different lenders, but what none of them were really doing was, was thinking about the uniqueness of a fertility journey. And then the fact of the matter is a patient could go through two, three cycles of IVF, be at the end of their journey emotionally, uh, and at the same time not have the success at the end of that that they, they set out for, right? The success being a, a healthy baby at home. And, and uh, then all of a sudden now they're faced with the burden of the cost of all of this, uh, and, you know, maybe it's financed, maybe there's a monthly payment, maybe they're paying it back over five years or something like that. And every month they make that payment and they're reminded about the, um, the, 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 the lack of success of their journey. And, you know, just like, you know, the, the I think incredibly valuable interview that Jennifer Aniston did recently, uh, you know, not every one of the patients that are going to go through this are going to have the outcome that, that my wife and I were fortunate enough to have. And, uh, and I think they're aware of that. I think there's more awareness around that. And I think, and that's oftentimes a barrier to people getting started. And we have enough data as a, you know, as, as you know, the largest fertility network in North America, uh, we have enough data to know sort of, okay, how can we um, spread the risk among a larger patient population, share that risk with that patient population, and make this an easier decision for those patients uh, to move forward. Cheryl, can you talk a little bit about that economic risk that a prospective IVF patient faces? And it sounds like I shouldn't have to ask that question on a show where the audience is practice owners and fertility providers. But I, as a lay person, hear constantly, well, we have 70%, 80% success rates. If, if a woman comes to us, 80% chance she's going to get pregnant. It's like, yeah, Asterix. So can you talk? And, and I think I understand why they're coming from that perspective. They've seen the field grow tremendously. They've seen the advances. And after multiple cycles, if certain things are true, yes, the success rates are eons better than they were a few decades ago. But I think when you when you phrase it that way to a patient, it's like, ugh. Yeah, like there's a lot in that asterisk. So, Cheryl, can you talk a, a bit about wh what the financial burden is for the average IVF patient, right? Now? Or the, the the risk, I meant to say. Yeah, I mean, the risk is is big, you know, and I think, um, you know, to TJ's point, the, the emotional and physical toll of the fertility journey is one thing. But, you know, what we hear from patients all the time is, you know, am I going to be able to afford this? What is what is that going to look like from a from a financial standpoint? And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, patients want options, right? They want to know um, what they're faced with as far as, you know, what does that financial piece look like? And I think that um, I think that by us sharing the risk with them, they're being well informed about where they're putting their fertility dollars. You know, it's it's a big lift, I think, to afford to afford um, the fertility world. And I think that they just want options to be able to move forward and just say, right, you know, do I need a loan? Do I need to, to take a, you know, a look at other avenues of payment? And I think that, um, you know, it's just, it's just being well-informed on that piece. And I think that's what Bundle does. It does give patients the option to really make a better informed decision 
Um, because, you know, when you, like myself, I was a fertility patient. I experienced an awful lot of failure and miscarriage. And I think the next thing you think after that devastating feeling is, what is this, what is this going to look like financially in this next component? And when you've got something like bundle, it's really giving you that peace of mind and that assurance that you've given yourself that next chance in this, you know, daunting journey. So people might think, well, we have a multi-cycle guarantee program, but it's often just a discount after the first cycle. Can you talk a little bit about what makes shared risk different from something like that? Yeah, I think, I think of what we're doing with bundle in terms of a, of a multi-cycle shared risk program is that we're really getting the patient to um, take that, that, keep that um, the stressor off upfront, right? By buying the package upfront, by assuring yourself that you, you've entered into the multi-cycle world. It's not saying, okay, well, if you fail one cycle, then we're gonna give you this you know, additional benefit. I think it's knowing that the patient has given them, taken that stress off of them so that they can concentrate on the, on the clinical piece and on what they need to, to cycle. And I think with Bundle, we're trying to just, give them that assurance up front they've purchased. And, and you know, a, a multi-cycle works differently in terms of, you know, rather than just a, an insurance program. I think, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're sort of looking for that assurance for the patient that they've captured that up front and for the practices as well, that they are gaining the retention out of the fact that a patient has, you know, bought those two cycles up front. We've got 100% retention with the patient. That patient's going to stay there to cycle. And, and to move forward with their journey. Yeah, and, and I might just add that I think one of the benefits of of a you know of a business like Bundle and the ability to use the data and share the risk around, around a broader patient base allows us to have a more aggressive position when it comes to qualifying patients for the refund program because we have a larger patient base to uh, to share that risk among. If that makes sense. Tell me more about that, TJ, because I think a lot of people might be hesitant to implement a shared risk or multi-cycle guarantee program on their own for that reason. They have a they have a more limited patient population to be working with. So, if you, let's imagine you're a uh, you know, medium-sized practice and you've, you're you're doing five or six hundred retrievals a year, and you, know, you are uh, you create your own you know, shared risk guarantee program your ability to approve patients based upon their own clinical criteria for qualification to that refund program is, is going to be limited by your patient population because you've got to spread that risk. You know, you, you can't, it's like an insurance product, although we can't, it's not an insurance product. <clears throat> you can't, um, if you, if you are, um, if you, if your patient population is, is that are going to enroll in this program is only a handful of patients uh, your your ability to um, take the risk on of those refunds becomes much lower than if you have a broader patient population and you've got the ability to then be more aggressive with what you can do from a refund perspective because you're you're you know, having to give a refund or two here and there is not as impactful across a broad network um, than if you are doing it within an individual captive practice. Talk to me a little bit about how you work with lenders because it might bear repeating that Bundle is not a lender. So it, can we talk a little bit about how you work with lenders? Yeah, the lenders that we work with, um, you know, we have relationships with to offer patients the best terms and conditions. We work with the premier lenders in, in the fertility space. Um, and, you know, our, our relationship with them is that Again, they they know the space well. Um, there, you know, there's lots of I don't want to say bells and whistles, but a lot of of really extensive um, benefits and breaks that lenders are giving to patients. Um, some of our lenders have built-in kind of communication with nursing staff, and and if a patient you know forgets how to do a trigger shot or how to you know they, they've got people on staff to help them, so lenders are kind of getting a broader. Um, group of benefits to patients when they when they pull lending from them so they're really kind of it's not just go to the bank get the money i think lenders are really feeling this space and figuring that they're trying to meet patients where they are 
Um, and so they're they're offering up a bunch of, of more opportunities for patients to sort of benefit from their, the lending space. And, you know, we, like I said, we've got great relationships with all of them. And I think that patients are turning to lending a lot. We see an awful lot of lending right now with Bundle and, um, and they need this kind of uh, warmth as, 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 you know, not just the straightforward kind of cold lending piece that scares people. Um, we work with patients that are fearful of their, of their credit scores and what can we do to help them? And, and what is the lender going to reject me because I took a student loan, you know, just trying to soften that very kind of harsh part of it, right? To think, oh, I'm going to take out a loan and what's that going to look like? And some of our patients have, have never done that. They don't know what that piece looks like. So it's really, the lending piece has gotten so much nicer for patients and, and the offerings are, are a lot calmer for patients, again, in an already stressful time. Well, I could see why it would calm people down having a guarantee on the other end of it. When you're taking out a lot of money, it's like, okay, I'm taking out a home pay, I'm taking out a mortgage. Am I going to be able to get into the house is a lot different than taking out a mortgage and having a guarantee that, yes, you're going to get into the house and, and yes, uh, you know, everything that was in the closing contract is being honored. You know, that, that is a lot different than uh, just having to take out a, a loan. I think that's that probably is one of the things that might stop people from just borrowing because they don't know they don't know what the result is going to be on the other end. Can we talk a little bit about? I want to dive more into that, Cheryl, and I want to talk more about bundles process and how you work with financial counselors and how you educate patients. I do want to zoom in for a second, TJ, on on the global side that I just can't resist thinking about the finance piece if and when an economic downturn happens. So I don't know when an economic downturn is going to happen. I'm not Ray Dalio. I It sure looks like there's one upon us, but I've also said that before. And uh, But I just see the finance piece as one place where patients get stuck and not always because they can't afford treatment. Sometimes it's that, but sometimes it's, they just can't figure out a way to or it's scary or uh, they they put it off and uh, because they just don't see something as immediately accessible. So do you want first, do you think that a recession, a downturn is going to be upon us? And then how how is that going to affect how patients pay for treatment? Yeah, I think the question, obviously, uh, if I had a crystal ball that could say when a recession was coming or maybe if we're already in one or not, um, I would uh, I, I'd, I'd be doing I'd be doing something different, I guess. Right. <laughs> but uh, I think that. Economic uncertainty, which is certainly happening right now, whether the recession uh, is is coming or is already upon us uh, or not, it just inserts another level of uncertainty for patients. It's just one more source of stress, one more source of anxiety, and one more uh, thing that is out of control. Patients who are going through this journey feel very out of control and, you know, uncertainty about their job, uncertainty about their mortgage and all kinds of other things just add to that level of uncertainty. And everyone has like a, you know, a maximum amount of ability to take on these things, right? There's only so, so much burden that someone can take. And so I think for a lot of patients, they look at this and say, is this something I want to take on right now? <clears throat> and can I wait, can this wait six months? Can this wait a year? And those of us know that that's, you know, time is not on the side of these patients, right? So we're not, uh, you know, would six months make an impact or not? I don't know. It depends on the individual patient. And I'm certainly not a clinician, so I wouldn't opine on that. But certainly waiting a year or two or whatever it might be in terms of people feeling like that uncertainty is behind them, you know, no idea how long that takes, uh, can it can be very impactful. And so, you know, what I do, I do think Bundle does is it gives patients the ability to uh, take some of that financial risk and put it away. And I also think take, taking some of the just general concern about thinking about the financial component uh, off the table. I mean, one of the things that when, I, when we were going through this was it felt like every time we turned around, there was another charge for something. There was another uh, fee for something. And I think one of the advantages the bundle has is, you know, I pay for my two cycles or my three cycles and I don't have to worry about this anymore. It's, it's, it's done. And I can just focus on uh, what I need to get through this treatment emotionally to get to the family that I want. And I think in, in an economic recessionary situation, that's uh, 
that's impactful. And I think you know we, we've all seen the data around the level, around the, around uh, the, the the impacts that stress can have on patients as they're going through uh, their fertility journey. And I just think that you know and the, you know, the economic uncertainty that we're heading into just continues to add to that. And I think just highlights the positive impacts that a bundle can have on a fertility practice uh, and their patients. It relieves some of that uncertainty. And you talked about not having additional costs. Does that mean that these, these costs for ICSI, anesthesia, the, all, all of these costs, are those are calculated in, in the beginning? Yeah, when, when a patient purchases their bundle, uh, all the fees associated with uh, the clinic uh, are calculated as part of their part of their package. So Cheryl, can you talk to me about how that calculation works? Is it is it very is it does it differ from clinic to clinic? And how how does how 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 is one's bundle calculated? It does vary from clinic to clinic. We kind of start with the um, the practice offerings, and we try to mirror that with their bundle packages. So if that would include, you know, anesthesia, ICSI. Um, assisted hatching, whatever's included in their global, we're going to include that in the bundle package so that the patient knows right out of the gate that we're, they're getting, you know, apples to apples in terms of what their clinic would offer. So, um, you know, it makes them understand that we're just taking all of those pieces and parts and bundling them together to make it easier so that, you know, to TJ's point, you're you're not sort of feeling like you're nickel and dimed all the way through the process. It's really pulling it all together and including what's included at the practice level. And again, it does vary practice to practice, but we make those those practice offerings mirror what the practice is doing. As somebody that's been on the other side of that, who's been responsible for clinics, online reputation management, that's a huge thing. I Probably a quarter of complaints have some are something in the vein of we just paid this big amount of money and then we got you know a $275 ultrasound bill or whatever it is uh, uh it's you know it was some other it, it was a, an additional consult it was some other testing that was required and and often it is just a couple hundred bucks it's usually not the bigger bills but it's after you have paid some bigger bills and you get one of those in the mail, it's like you're, you are not happy. So bundle helps to solve for, for, for that piece of it. Then how do, how are people onboarded Charlie? If when a clinic starts with, you know, what, I, I, I want to come back to that, but at first I want to talk a little bit about how, bundle relieves the economic burden for, for patients. So let's, let's just, I'm a patient that's enrolled in bundle. What happens if I do go through three cycles? So, and I, I don't have success. What happens? It depends on the program that you're in. We've got um, kind of different flavors of bundle, so to speak, in our basic program. Unfortunately, if you were to go through three cycles and you didn't have a take home baby, then that would be an unsuccessful program. Um, some of our patients will move into another program. They will sign up with Bundle again. Some of our patients know at that point that they may, may, may need to pivot into a donor situation or um, a, an adoption situation and go down a completely different lane. But those three cycles have told them a lot and taught them a lot. And um, if you're in our refund guarantee program, then at the end of all that, the benefit is that you're going to get 100% of your money back. So it kind of depends on where you are within bundle. Um, so, you know, we're just trying to, again, whatever program you're in, what we're trying to do is really alleviate that stressful financial piece. And I've had patients even at the end without success say, you know, at least you gave me some peace of mind. You gave me an ability to really go through this, exhaust what I needed to in terms of this, and now I need to move into a different lane within my fertility world, or or I may just be done and 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 be at peace with that, you know. But that's kind of what Bundle is, is hoping to do is we're meeting patients where they are in their journey. Yeah, and and those patients that are going to go through a three cycle uh, program that are not using a refund uh, guarantee, you know, at the end of it, if they used all those services, they would have paid a discount over uh, off of this price um, for those services. But for those sort of patients who do qualify for the refund program, and as I mentioned earlier, 
more patients can qualify for our refund program than any individual single practice could, even patients that, you know, what would be considered uh, on the older end of the spectrum. <clears throat> you know, one of the things that's unique about Bundle is they get all the way to the end and they've exhausted everything. They've all exhausted every FET that they can and they're, they're, they're done with embryos. They have no more embryos left. And if they are unfortunately unsuccessful, and there certainly are going to be those patients, they get 100% of their money back. Bundle takes that risk on completely. So it's not like they get a prorated amount back based upon how much of the services they utilized or anything like that. It's, you know, you paid, you know, uh, whatever that dollar number is, you get that dollar number in full and in, in refund. I see the need for having this large pool across geographies because I can think of some earlier clients of mine that were really lovely people that would offer discounts to people after the fact, but it was too few for for probably also too little. I, even when they were, they may have you know thrown in a, a free cycle here or there. But if that was the case, then it was definitely too few people that they were able to reach. And uh, and if it, and if they, if it was a discount, then it was likely you know, not enough of a discount because they just couldn't spread the risk over an, enough places. So you brought this in to to be able to to scale to practices. How many cycles have you done thus far with Bundle, Cheryl? We have upwards of seven hundred and fifty people enrolled in Bundle at the moment. So that's across a network of, I believe we're at about 13 practices. So, um, you know, we're only two years old going into our third year and we're, you know, we're, we're seeing a great, uh, some great traction on bundle really across all of our avenues of, you know, trying to pull the levers on all of our, with our website, with our social, with our, you know, fertility groups, we're sort of touching as many people as we can to really, get the word out. And of course, our clinics are phenomenal with their, you know, mentioning Bundle and making sure that everyone that really needs to hear about Bundle does. And you're starting to work with more clinics. So, TJ, am I under, correct in understanding that there's no fee to clinics for for working with Bundle? Can you talk about how you work that out with clinics? With, there is no fee, um, but we do have a uh, we, you know, an agreement with our practices where we will pay at 80% for each of the services. So, you know, as services are performed, that's really the part that, you know, Bundle is taking to be able to continue with the program, to be able to spread this program out and reach as many people as we can. Um, and, you know, it, it's to, to pay for, you know, the 20% is really for us to be able to, you know, do the administrative side of things, the marketing efforts um, within Bundle, but there is no upfront fee. I know some competitors out there in the space will, you know, charge that, but there is no upfront fee for a clinic. And while the clinics are uh, uh, receiving a discounted uh, fee from us for the services, we are discounting then the fee to the patient. So the patient is paying a discounted fee as well. So it's it's a um, uh, but the onboarding of things to the patient. You're getting the clinic on I mean, on board to the patient, onboarding the cl the uh, clinic onto bundle, all the work that goes into doing the evaluation of their packages and matching up the bundle to that practice. Um, there's no onboarding cost to the to the practice, and you know they get to then see the benefits of the stickiness of patients to their practice, as well as you know I think we're seeing more and more patients come directly to bundle and then bundle directing those. Uh, patients to our bundle affiliate practices. And I do think, you know, Griffin, as you were talking earlier about, you know, the economic situation, I think more and more patients as they get ready to start their fertility journey are trying to answer the financial question before they even go down and find a clinic. <clears throat> and, and, you know, they, by doing that, they're looking at uh, companies like bundle and, and, you know, you know, north of 50% of bundles patients actually come directly to bundle before they ever even come to a clinic. Yeah, so I want to talk about that too. We we see that all that we see IVF cost as a one of the top searches. But what's interesting is when you look at a clinic's website, if you look at their conversions in Google Analytics, IVF cost doesn't really convert. The cost page isn't really leading to conversions. And if you look at their Google Ads, for example, we often use 
IVF cost is a negative keyword because people are clicking on it. They're searching for IVF cost, but it's not actually it's not actually leading to a conversion. There's still a ring in the funnel that they want to solve more. And I suspect that that ring is growing in number of people where maybe 20 years ago, you would have just had someone call and say, sure, that I'll figure everything out once I get there. We even need to train call centers in how to be able to answer that question. But people are really looking for they're looking for a solution more than just prices. Like they'll call and they'll get prices, but it's they're then they're just kind of shopping and they're back to square one of, of thinking about how they're going to pay for this to begin with. So I want to talk about how you use that as being able to bring new patients to clinics. But Shell, can we first talk about how, when, like when a patient does start with bundle, without having a clinic, how, how do you onboard the patient? So the patient generally is coming into, um, you know, through one of our lead generators, whether it's our clinics or off our webpage, calling on the phone. And what they immediately will do is flow into our Salesforce world. We've built a customized system where all of our lead generation flows into, like, you know, a sales funnel sense into the top of the funnel and into our Salesforce world. And we've constructed that world as a way to be able to put patients into certain cadences and then follow up as needed. So, you know, a patient may come into our world as new patient or estimate, and then we'll do a series of follow-ups, whether it's phone calls or emails or even texting, to be able to follow that patient through the sales funnel and their journey right straight through payment, enrollment, and then post-enrollment follow-ups questions. So that person will continue to reside with Bundle from the time that you're touched at the top of the funnel all the way through. And, you know, it's our patient advocates on the phone instructing patients about the program. It's our financial team accepting payment and, and working with our practices to authorize services. And then it's just general post-enrollment question. Patients calling to ask us about what happens if this stuff happens and you know, I just failed a cycle and what does that mean? And and this process, this system in Salesforce allows us to really track and, and make notes on our patients all the way through so that they know that they're never without us, that we're a part of their team for their entire journey, that we partner with their practice to help them through this entire fertility world and and beyond. So that's that's really benefited us because patients really automatically feel that there's always a way for them to be in touch with bundle and we always know as a team we can share that information across our salesforce platform and, and we know where that patient is i want to talk about this more because i think it is huge and i think it's an area that clinics would love to be able to replicate for themselves in their own workflow but it's very hard to do and it sounds like you're doing at least some of that for clinics. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that. I do know one thing that always makes our clients freak out or that makes the listeners freak out is that they always, they very often think that if I work with this type of group that I might lose my patient with some other clinic that they work with. So are, are, these, are these transferable agreements? No, bundle is not transferable. So when you're signing the contract with bundle, you're doing your services at that practice. And, and that's, you know, an agreement that the patient realizes up front. Um, and, you know, we're, we're going to maintain and, and promise that retention for that practice that that patient will cycle at that practice. So it's not transferable. I could just hear a collective sigh of relief for those that are thinking, oh, this sounds pretty good, but I don't... I don't want them taking my patients and sending them a, somewhere else. Uh, and it, it doesn't work like that. So if anything, you may have patients in an area where you're not working with a, a, a practice yet. I mean, you're, you work with a lot of practices. You're in a lot of places in the country, but you're not everywhere yet. And so what happens, Cheryl, if, are, are there examples where you have people that are coming to you, they're qualified and they're in markets that there isn't a partner provider yet? 
Sure. And that's, you know, that's our marching order moving forward, right? Is that bundle has always been designed to sort of be at every practice we can possibly get into. And I think that, you know, now that we're growing and we're seeing, again, entering into our third year, we want to be wherever we can be. And we talk to patients all the time. And what I always talk about my team is it's frustrating when we can't be in a market where we hear a patient saying, you know, I'm, I'm in Utah, I'm in the Nevada area, or I'm in, you know, Southern California. We've got Northern California, but, you know, when are you going to have a presence in Southern California? So we are on a sort of trek at this point to be, to, to increase our footprint across the country and to really try to get bundle in as many markets as we can. And, you know, what we say to patients is, you know, be patient, we'll try to be there, but we try to sort of also guide them towards clinics where you'd be surprised patients will travel, you know, patients will make the, those um, plans that they need to, to be in a clinic that we might have a presence in, but we are really full press, you know, moving ahead and trying to get bundled in as many clinics as we can, because we know that it would benefit so many patients. And, um, we also use that as an option to make calls on on new clinics when we know of a patient that is in an area that's really expressed an interest in bundle it's a part of our you know our national sales team we use that as a means of saying hey listen you know we heard from a patient in your area and we'd really like it if you can we can talk to you about bundle because we've got patients that are interested in multi-cycle and we're on the phone to them all day so it's it's kind of working in an in you know it's advantageous in that way too well, and I was just going to add to that. I think, you know, Griffin, one of the things that you know that I'm super passionate about is patient experience. And it's not a great patient experience for a, pa- for a patient in San Diego to call Cheryl and her team and say, hey, I'm, I'm uh, interested in doing a bundle. And we say, uh, great, you can, but you've got to fly to Northern California to, uh, to do it. So I think, you know, for us, uh, understanding that, um, you know, we're trying to make sure that those patients who come direct to bundle, which we're seeing more and more of them do so, have choice when it comes to clinics and have something that's, you know, geographically convenient to them. Yeah. Well, if you're in any of those areas, maybe you should definitely give bundle a call because it sounds like there's already people in those areas that are IVF ready and ready to go. And doesn't sound like there's risk to the people that could try that out. So if you're in Southern California, Nevada, Utah, those are a couple places and in some other places in the country as well it would make sense to reach out and see if there are already patients in your area that are are ready to go because the these are folks that have thought about how they're going to pay for for this they've committed to it they've been qualified and i constantly have people ask us how do we get more ivf ready patients and i often think i'm often annoyed by the question because I don't think they're doing enough to nurture, have a funnel, etc. Here's a way, guys. Here's a way. It's right in front of you. Is there any type of minimum from the clinic that if we do, you know, we're committing to to do X bundle cycles in a year? No, I mean, somebody can sign up with us and, and use it once a year. It, it, you know, you just really never know. What you want is you want choice and options for patients. If we if we require some type of a minimum, it might require it might cause the patient cause that clinic to change their behaviors in terms of the way they steered patients. We don't want them steering patients to bundle. We want bundle to be a choice that helps them with their conversion, that helps them get patients uh, who are on the fence about whether or not that they should move forward with their journey to move forward, and for, the, for them to this be an option for us for them to keep patients within their practice. Uh, we don't want them uh, you know, creating any sort of perverse incentives by having some type of a minimum with us. I want to do a little bit of math for people listening because you there's there's no risk to you. I, I like things where there's no risk to try something out and there's there's only a little bit of upside at the very least. But if you take an average IVF conversion rate of 50 percent, let's just take nationwide. Some people are much lower than that if they're in a non-mandated non-mandated did state if they're in an area where there isn't a lot of employer coverage some people are higher that if they're in an area where there is a, a mandate and there's a lot of employers with coverage but let's just take an average of 50 percent of those that aren't moving on to ivf that need it about half of them are for some kind of financial reason but only about half of them are because they really can't afford it. Maybe a quarter to a half of them. So we're probably talking about 
at least 10% of patients that are just dropping off because they just don't have a solution right in front of them. This is a way to offer them a solution. And it is in such a way that the clinic can do it and just, they could just test how it works. They could say, Oh, you have patients in Southern California. Great. Let, let's do two. Let's, let's do two bundle cycles with or two packages of bundle with, with these folks. And it's a way to, to be able to start at, at a, a really low risk from, from my view. What am I missing? Like, uh, like I, I feel like I'm the one in, you know, that's like, yeah, let's do it. So you guys be the skeptics. Like, am, am I missing something? No, I, I think you're not. I think, I think that, um, that you know, you know, the risk to the to the practice is is that they do the upfront work with us to onboard themselves with bundle, and that none of their patients end up uh, actually engaging with bundle. And and look, we're actually going to make referrals to practices sometimes that come through bundle that don't end up using bundle. They end up just buying a cycle from the individual practice, and so that's and that's okay. We know that's part of the uh, cost of doing business for us. It's a, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> I do think that one of the one of the major benefits of the practices beyond the conversion rate, which you, know, you you do a great job of pointing out is something that I think very few practices don't fully appreciate. And that's what I'll call, you know, their bounce rate, right? How many times does someone in their practice do an IVF cycle, fail, and then go to the clinic across the street because, you know, their cousin's friend, uh, you know, was successful there. And, you know, the reality is what we all know that the patient doesn't quite understand is that that's not a good thing for them. Um, not, number one, it's not great for the practice and the and they're you know ret- retaining patients, but also the right thing for the patient is for them to stay with that practice because the you know, the practice can then make adjustments to the cycle, can uh, the clinicians can make adjustments to the treatment plan that can increase their chances of success versus another practice starting from scratch again, um, which you know may may have an impact to the patient's chances of success. And so I think it's better for the patient to stay with the practice. It's obviously better for the practice for those patients to stay. As you know, probably Griffin, as well as I do, when you talk to practices, uh, most of them think that's not a problem for them. They don't have patients leave them. Um, we all know that's not true. <clears throat> um, and it's not necessarily because the practice is bad. It's just because, you know, not everyone's going to get pregnant on that first cycle, right? That's just not, that's just not how the world works, unfortunately. Sometimes it's going to take two and sometimes it's going to take three. And so uh, being able to retain those patients, I think, you know, customer acquisition costs, all the things, Griffin, that you've forgotten more about than I'll ever know, I think are really um, things I think these practices, uh, you know, you're better off retaining the patients that you already have rather than have to go out and get more. That's a really good point. So a lot of people don't even drop measure dropout. They don't know how to measure it and they are losing lots of patients after their first cycle, virtually every clinic is. So first is if they are thinking, oh, we, we don't lose patients, they know that if they were to measure it, that they would see it because anytime that it is measured, it's revealed. And, but the second thing is they might think, well, but we will do such a good job of caring for them that even if we have a failed cycle, that they'll come back to us as opposed to going to somebody else. And I think people are just underestimating what it can feel like to be in that position. And it's not, it doesn't even have to be because a clinic let you down because they didn't have a great experience with the care team. They may have, but when you're in, when you're in a position like that and you're just like, I'm not going to cuss on the podcast, but like we're, we have to do this again. It's been so long. We then it's just like, well, why don't we just try this place? Why don't we just try this other place? Why don't we just switch it up? It's because they're, when, when you're desperate, you have to consider other options, whether the best ones or not, they come to mind. And sometimes just choosing another option is w- what gives people that peace of mind. But Cheryl, you use the words, it, you have a hundred percent retention rate with bundle. So how, how does that work? Who reaches out to who after of a failed cycle if someone is in bundle? If they're in bundle and they and they have a failed cycle, you know, patients will contact us and say, you know, uh, I failed my cycle. What does this mean? And we always are saying, well, you you insured yourself that next cycle. You're, you're fine. You're moving on to cycle again. 
and and you you guarantee it, you know they think that there's some sort of do I have to pull a lever do I have to do something no you've done the right thing by coming in it's exactly why bundles there because unfortunately there is sometimes failed cycles and I think now that patients know they've set themselves up for that next round and they're ready to go and there's nothing that needs to happen except that they keep moving forward with treatment. They've learned a lot from their first cycle. Their physician has more information about how to achieve success next time around. Patients will often just call and tell us that, you know, oh, my doctor said they're going to change up my protocol and I'm going to do something different this time around. And But they know that they've already give, given themselves that ability to move into treatment. They don't have to think about, I failed that cycle. I took out a loan for that cycle. And now I can't get another loan and I need another cycle. It's all these things that start running through their head. They don't need to worry about it because they've guaranteed themselves up front that they can just comfortably move in to their next phase. And we hear from patients all the time that just want to let us know that and just say, okay, I'm, I'm ready for that next cycle and I'm ready to go. My doctor said this. And so it's, it takes that piece of, gosh, do I have to go look for another practice? Do I have to, you know, should I start looking again? Should I, should I dig deep again for, for more finances? You know, it's, bundle is securing again. It's the reason really why bundle works so well for patients is that moment of, oh gosh, what do I do now? It, that goes away and they can regroup and say, okay, I've guaranteed myself this next phase in my journey and it's all set up for me. And on the bundle end, we say, yep, that's exactly what you can do. And you move forward and don't worry about that stress that you, you know, it's hard enough to hear you failed that cycle, but to be thinking, you know, who authorizes the next thing and who pays for it. We've got it. We've got it at Bundle and we're taking care of it. So the patient can just focus on the next clinical piece, which is hard enough, you know. We talked about how hard reporting can be. And so maybe you don't all have this yet, but do you have any reporting yet to compare when a second cycle starts from for a bundle patient versus when a second cycle starts for a non-bundle patient? You know, it varies. Patients often will move quickly from one cycle to the next, um, largely because there's, you know, this hurry up aspect to fertility, right? You're, you're anxious to sort of whether it's, you know, you've got a diagnosis of a diminished ovarian reserve, you're older, you missed two years because of COVID, whatever the case may be, you may be wanting to move very quickly. And a lot of our patients do. They'll fail a cycle, they'll regroup, their doctors will change their protocols and they're ready on moving on to that cycle in the next month. It's doable, it's hard, it's, it's a heavy lift, but patients want to do that. And that's also the beauty and the flexibility of our program that allows them to do that. And people don't have to go back through the financial counselor, as you said. So I'd love to wrap up with Cheryl because I wanted to talk a little bit about the area where there is a lot of drop-off and that is just a lack of follow-up from financial counselors from the clinic because they just don't have that infrastructure. So I'd love to to get your take uh, on that, Cheryl. TJ, I know that you have to go. I just want to conclude about w- what you see as, as the biggest change that could be coming from the payer field from the from the financial side uh for patients as they pay for treatment i mean from my perspective i think the good thing for patients is we are seeing an evolution towards more universal coverage which i think is great uh i don't think that'll be revolutionary i don't think that tomorrow we'll all of a sudden wake up and and we'll be all dealing with 100 percent um covered services uh, i i think this is going to be uh, evolving as more and more employers adopt this type of services and see it as an essential service that we all know that it is. And so I think that uh, we are going to continue to see patients that are faced with large out-of-pocket expenses associated with these services. And that's where I think Bundle can really provide a benefit uh, to a financial peace of mind uh, and simplicity of that process for them. I'd love it. It's always good having you on. And I like your I like your takes on some things. Uh Football teams, not so much. This I do. So you talked a bit about how your team works with patients and you have a sequence of a CRM and you, you talked about it a little bit in steps, but can you tell us more? Because this is an area where I've always pointed to as a bit of a black hole where we help people. We've 
helped people have content on their website and make videos and put them in different parts of the welcome sequence so that people are ready to talk to the financial counselor so that they're not a deer in headlights. But then when it's come to the follow-up, we have just sort of said you should have a follow-up sequence in place. Uh, but we have never built that out for someone. That's where it kind of touches operations more than has, has been our field. And so you you have done that. And can you talk a bit about how Bundle built that out? Because I think it is very relevant for any financial counselor that might be listening or any practice owner that wants their financial counselors to be able to retain more people to treatment. I think, Griffin, it was born out of kind of uh, how we felt, the rhythm that we felt with patients. You know, fertility patients are facing so many things, right? They're talking to a lot of people. They're talking to doctors. They're signing consents. They're talking to pharmacies and meds piece. And, and so, you know, we, you don't want to flood or overflow the patient with so much follow-up. So I think the system that we tried to come up with was, really sort of a soft touch, so to speak, is it kind of a, you know, a natural rhythm to how we feel the patient is where they are in their in their journey. So if they're coming to us, sort of knowing nothing about the fertility world, and they need that kind of initial first conversation, you know, um, we feel like the phone call was always the best. And then beyond that, we think that, you know, we build a system where we're able to say this patient really knows a it's flexible for us to say this patient seems to know a lot about what they want. They're actually ready to move into contracts. So we're going to, our, our system allows us to kind of fast forward them into the contract mode, then to payment, then to, to enrollment. So it doesn't lock us into having to do a string of the follow-ups that don't make any sense for this patient. It's allowing us to be flexible, listening really to where they are in their journey, listening to, the mile markers that they've got. I've got to follow up with my doctor on Monday. You know, please send me an estimate now, but I don't know where my start date is going to be. And I don't even know if I'm, you know, going to need IVF in the next month or two months. Being, you know, that makes us kind of say, all right, you know what, I'm not going to inundate this patient with a bunch of, our system allows us to sort of tag that person's, okay, two months follow up and it should be a phone call. And it's, it's really just listening to every patient and understanding that everybody's journey is different and what they're coming to us at all different parts in that journey. Some that have already failed four cycles, some that, you know, are exhausting their fertility dollars and want to speak more about bundle, but move quickly. Some that have already started and need to really fast forward through the entire process. We need to get them to contract to payment. So it, it really, that's kind of what our cadences and our rhythms with our, with our system have been born out of is really just knowing that, the fertility patient comes to us at all different parts in their journey. And we don't want to be a, um, a call center or, or, a, you know, we're not selling discount tires, you know, we're not, we're not doing the, the regular follow-ups that you would see sort of in, in a retail mode. We're, we're trying to really kind of understand where that patient is and, and tailor our systems to that because there's nothing worse than when a patient says to us, oh gosh, that would be too much. Or why are you, you know, I don't want too many follow-ups. We hear that and we want to make sure that we understand that. Well, I can see you also being really good at that too, because when follow-ups are done correctly, it's more of a, of a service to us. It's more like a concierge service as opposed to, Hey, are you ready to do your, it's, it shouldn't be like that. It should be the patient feeling cared for. I, I, I see you having a, a, a natural knack for that. Is the rest of your team like you? They are very much. They are all, like I said, we all come, some of us come from a fertility journey ourselves, but there just is that level of compassion. I think that we're all a team that kind of understands that, um, yeah, there, there has to be a level of, of empathy and compassion in, in in where we are, because you don't know who's on the other end of the phone. You don't know what that story is going to be. Um, and so you have to be poised and ready for what that might mean. Um, so we're sort of part counselor, part friend, part fellow warrior, however you want to put it, you know, um, that's, that's what our team is. And that's what we try to devise with our processes. 
And you know that about each patient because you're recording it in a CRM, because you have people whose job is to know that and record that about prospective patients. It's so hard for financial counselors at a practice to be able to, to, to maintain a CRM like that's the reason why most don't. And they are losing people because they might have some to do's. They might even have a project management software that has their tasks of, Oh, I follow up with this person, but then it's really just, you know, it's like one follow up and it, there's nothing to nurture the patient with after that. They don't have any automation like that. And then they don't have good records to say, Oh, I talked to this person on this day about this. And you all have that. How much do you do for, for clinics? So if, if we're a, a clinic and we're like, hey, I just don't know about if this patient's going to be able to uh, afford treatment or I, I, I'm just worried that they might, uh, I, I can tell they're worried. And so I'm, I'm going to send them on to bundle because I think that's a good option. We're going to try bundle here. So what are you able to do for the financial counselors after that? What do you take off the clinic's plate? I think what we're doing is we're really basically taking it from that point on. I think the patient has probably gotten a very good understanding of what the practice is like. They probably know a physician or have been to a physician there. They've probably had a, maybe a bit of counseling on the single cycle cost or the actual cost. When they cut over to bundle, we're basically going to take them through the entire, our entire process of who we are, but also just kind of lend some hand in if this happens, that happens. We're kind of helping them understand, sometimes understanding IVF in general. A lot of my team, um, like I said, we're, we're ex-patients, but we're also, some of my team has actually worked on the clinical side. They've worked in the financial piece. So we're able to kind of advise essentially with whatever the patient wants to know. So we're another source of information for the patient. We're another source of comfort for them. We're, we're an overflow as such with as a financial counseling unit that works in conjunction with the, with the practices that we're partnering with. And I think we also um, can, if they become bundled patients, we're there for them whenever they need us. So we're going to be the one that they talk to. We're going to be the one that they, they come to. Um, and, and that does alleviate that at the, at the clinic side. So we always sort of say that we're kind of helping to be an extension on that financial counseling piece. And, and we hope that that's part of, of the service that, that we're giving when we're in partnership with the practice. Cheryl, you've given us so much to think about with regard to how we help to move patients through the treatment journey, how we help to assure them, how we help to expand access to care. And TJ gave us a lot to think about with certainty, with the need in the marketplace for this kind of scale. So it can provide a nationwide scale that a single practice just can't do. How would you like to conclude? I, and I might steer the question with, I could just tell that you're really passionate about this. Even when we were prepping for this interview, it was, it's not something that you did because your boss has asked you to do it. I could see the passion coming out of you. Why are you so passionate about this? And maybe we, conclude with that thought? You know, I just feel so strongly about options for, for what we call our, you know, our, our fertility warriors. When, when people are faced with fertility journey, it's not a club or a group you thought you'd ever be a part of, right? I myself with my own story, I just never thought I would be faced with, you know, that wasn't the plan. The plan is not to, you know, to physically and emotionally be put through the fertility process. But I think what we're trying to do is with Bundle, and we're so passionate about it because we believe it is such a really positive program that can help patients. And I think we're just trying to, to sort of shine light and make it a lighter feeling for patients. It's daunting. It's hard. But if we can make one patient really say to us, gosh, you just made it that much easier. You just took that stress off of me. I just want to thank you so much. And that just means everything. And, and again, being a patient, I just, I, an ex patient, I just feel such passion for it and, and people struggling every day with this journey. We just want to make it a little bit easier. Um, and you know, a little bit lighter for them. 
Cheryl Campbell, thank you very much for coming on Inside Reproductive Health. Thank you for getting, giving us the opportunity to talk about it. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to the Inside Reproductive Health Podcast with Griffin Jones. If you're ready to take action to make sure that your practice thrives beyond the revolutionary changes that are happening in our field and in society, visit fertilitybridge.com to begin the first piece of the fertility marketing system, the goal and competitive diagnostic. Thank you for listening to Inside Reproductive Health.